Hello, everyone, and welcome to the podcast. My name is Rome Williams, and I am without my delightful co-host Jillian Edwards. She has left me for the nation of France. If you're upset, just know that I am more so. That being said, this is the pub, which is an academic student undergraduate journal on campus, and we accept submissions of art, of poetry of papers, and we've got them all here. Once again, we're not officially affiliated with Wheaton College, so we can swear if things get there. Will I? Probably not, but you never know. To find out if our guest today is going to make me quite that angry, I'd love to introduce Liv LeDuc, who submitted a poem entitled Pond Water. She's a sophomore at Wheaton College, majoring in communications with an emphasis in media studies, and for some reason, loves plant-based milk. Why don't you introduce yourself, Liv? Hi, I'm Liv. Um, Rome got all of that quite right. I do love plant-based milk, and um, I could talk about that for a really long time, but I'm sure that's not the focus of today's podcast episode. I think we would be remiss if we didn't at least focus on it a little bit. So my question for you here is, what are the advantages of plant-based milk? My biggest argument when people say, I drink milk, as in cow's milk, or if I see them drinking milk, I go, you are not a baby cow. (laughs) That is a bold statement and a bit of an assumption, Liv. Um, I think we have many listeners to this show, um, and some of which could be baby cows. How would you respond in these cases? Well, if you are a baby cow, then I apologize for that statement, because you you have full right to be drinking milk. But if you're not a baby cow, please refrain. It's, It's just not for you. All right. I think I think that is a great hot take to start our day. I can hear the entire Wheaton football team grumbling right now. Um, and I think that's okay. Um, so I've just got a couple questions about you to begin, and then we'll launch more into looking at your poem. Um, you said in your bio that you're truly open to anything. Um, so I think the audience would love to know more about the last wish you made on a shooting star. The last wish I made on a shooting star. Yeah. We're hitting hard here at the pub. Yeah, Don't you forget this, is, this is really deep. I don't remember. I think the last shooting star I saw was probably up in Honey Rock in the fall because mm. I was leading passage. But I don't know if I made a wish on it, which is really silly of me to not do. Knowing what you know now at Honey Rock, what wish would you have made on that star? I probably would have just wished for a good time and for passage to go smoothly. And I mean, looking back on it, I mean, hindsight's twenty twenty, but I think it went pretty smoothly as far as I can remember. It's amazing. Your your wish did come true. It did. It That's did. a beautiful thing. <laughs> Glory to yeah. God. Amen. Wow. Okay. Um, so every time that we get a comm major on the podcast, I always love to ask, Why? Just why? I'm a comm major, so I still haven't figured that question out for myself. I started as a psychology major, Mm -hmm. um, and I went through freshman year doing all my psych classes, and at the end of the year, I said, absolutely not. Um, I'm not science-minded. I thought that I could pretend that I was and make it through college, and after freshman year, I realized I cannot make it through college faking a science brain so I was like I don't know what else to do but I know that I love writing but you can't really do English if you're not going to be a teacher necessarily and I'm not planning on like writing books or anything our English major listeners are are rolling in their graves right now sorry I'm sorry but 
Um, so yeah, I chose Calm, and then I chose the Media Studies track just because I like things related to the media. I guess I don't know. I enjoy um, like curating social media pages, and I like um, the marketing side of that. And yeah. That's awesome. Our listeners might not know this, but uh, Soon Min, who is our resident tech wizard, set up the mic every week, series diligent, also a comet media major. So for those of you out there that are searching, wondering why you're an English major, um, maybe this is a sign for you to change. Uh, I'm going to let you ponder that. So um, Liv, your poem is called Pond Water, um, and it looks a little bit about healing um, with the metaphor of a pond. So what inspired you to write the poem yeah so this poem was i just write a lot of poems um in response to either just like what's going on around me or things that have happened in my past that i'm just still processing um and this one i i don't remember the exact instance that i wrote it in Mm. but um like rereading it i think it's just like a reoccurring theme of my life of thinking that like you're healed or that something um, in your past has just kind of been like settled and then um, like you might be going throughout your day and then something reminds you of it and it feels like the muddied waters have been stirred again and Mm -hmm. the lake that looked clear is now brown water instead. So that's just where I was coming from with this poem. Yeah. Um, Normally our submissions to uh, the podcast are far too long to read, um, but your poem's kind of short. Would you you mind giving us a little spoken word to read the poem for us today? Absolutely. Alrighty. This hurt I hold is all-consuming. It settles in me like mud at the bottom of a lake. I can forget that it's there until something causes the waters of my past to stir and become muddied. The resettling of the waters is healing all over again. Maybe this means I'm not fully healed. From the things I thought I had reconciled. That was some fantastic spoken word. I'm no expert, so do not trust me on that. Um, do you have a favorite line of the poem? You don't have to. I know this is a very like artsy, like, oh my gosh, what does it mean? Um, that's what we're here for. I think my favorite line would be the resettling of the waters is healing all over again. Mm. Why? I honestly think I was just, when I wrote this, I was really proud of the metaphor I came up with. <laughs> um, if I'm being completely honest, um, sometimes my it takes me a little while to like find the right metaphor to connect with what I'm feeling. Mm. Um, and I try to not find ones that are like overused or cliche because that's just not as interesting to read about. Um, and so I was just very proud that I came up with this on my own. I mean, I'm sure other people have used this as well, but um, yeah. All right, I love it. Um, something I gotta say um, is my favorite animal is a duck, and you wrote a poem about a pond and didn't include anything about ducks. Uh, do you think there might be a place for a duck in this poem somewhere, or? The reader is the duck. Oh my gosh. This changes everything. Soon, write that down. That's beautiful. Okay. <laughs> the reader is the dog. That's that's amazing. Um, okay, we're gonna we're gonna go deep here. Okay. So, primary theme in your poem is healing, and whether or not we're really healed from our past. How can we tell if healing has really happened, or if we've just kind of glazed over the surface? That is a beautifully deep question. I know. You could take a second to think on this. Okay. 
I would say healing is going to look different for everybody mm. and um, everyone's journey to healing is going to be different. But I think that true healing is you can definitely tell that you're fully healed. And I don't even know that like in this world, because we're fallen and it's mm. sinful, that we're going to find complete true healing. Mm -hmm. But I think that um, obviously God provides healing. Um, but I think that you can just know that like you've healed from something or healed as much as you can um, for the time being by like if something pops up like a name um, or uh, somebody doing something that um, might affect you negatively, mm -hmm. but you don't necessarily have like a horrible reaction to it. Um, but you're able to just be like, you know what, that might have bothered me a while ago, but now I can just kind of like move on and recognize that like, that's not a great situation for me. But um, so yeah, just things like not bothering you um, as mm. much as they used to, like while you were still healing or while you before you were healed. Um, I would say that that's, at least for me personally, that's one of the ways that I can tell, like I'm kind of moving on from something and that like God's brought me out of my like healing journey and kind of like put me at an end. Wow. Yeah, and I love your emphasis on a relational healing in this and how people's names or experiences that we have that continue to affect us and how we see that their hold on us lessons and lessons. Mm -hmm. um, this is a great lead into um, the next question is just where do you see your faith and your art intersect? This can be with this poem. This can be you said you do writing. Um, where do you see that? I definitely a lot of my poems don't express explicitly have like they don't mention god necessarily or mm -hmm. they don't have like um loud christian themes but i mean i'm writing from a christian standpoint and with mm -hmm. a christian mindset so i try to write things that are theologically sound mm -hmm. even if it's not like talking about the bible mm -hmm. um so there's that and then i also tend i am just a really bad prayer. Um, I cannot speak prayer. Um, I just like, it just doesn't go well. Um, I just never can articulate what I want to say. Um, and then if I'm like thinking it in my head, I just start daydreaming and lose track of what I was supposed to be doing, which is praying. Yeah. So I oftentimes will like write out my prayers, um, wow. just like in my notes app. So honestly, like if you go on my phone in my notes app, there's like just like prayers right in there just because that's how I um, am able to like express but I want to say to God better. And then it's also helpful because I can go back and look at them yeah. and use them over and over again. Yeah, yeah. I hear people talk about journaling. Um, either it's like, you know, a discipline or a spiritual practice to help them process things. Um, but I love that idea of doing it as a conduit of prayer. And for one thing, it like you can't really take back what you say to God there. You know, when you're angry or lost, it, the words are right staring back at you. Does that feel like, do you go back and read them sometimes? I do go back and read them. Um, yeah, and definitely, it's honestly just um, an encouraging thing to go back and read them and remember like how I was feeling in the moment that I read them and um, remember what I was going through when I wrote them and just to see either how God has like brought me through something mm -hmm. um, or answered that prayer um, or even just to be like, hmm, this is something I still need to be praying about um, and like God's not done working in this area. So, like, let me reuse this prayer again. Yeah. Wow. Um, we're going to pivot slightly back to the poem here, um, but I really do think it's connected, is what do you want readers to take away from reading this poem in, in writing as the words are staring up at them? What, what do you want them to take from that? 
I would say um, to anybody reading the poem, for one, thank you. Um, and for two, I think it's just a reminder that even if everybody like on the surface might look like they have everything together or that they have like healed from things or they have it all figured out, um, there's always going to be something under the water um, or at the bottom of your lake that um, you're still healing from or something that can just be like stirred up and um, it's okay if something, I don't like to use the word trigger just because mm -hmm. it's used so often and so nonchalantly, mm -hmm. but um, if something causes you to react a way that you didn't expect it to, mm -hmm. um, that's okay because it happens to everybody and um, you're also just like not alone in that. Um, everyone's going through something. Yeah. Okay, listeners, I hope you were writing that down, okay? Okay, good. You can stop writing now. Um, Liv, I got another question on, on your bio here, and this is a little bit of a pivot. Um, you sleep with socks on. I do. What are you doing? I read an article that said people who sleep with socks on sleep better. No way. Okay, can I can I be can I be vulnerable with you for a minute here? Oh, absolutely. Okay, okay. Assuming in you can't tell anyone. Okay. So growing up, I slept with socks on. Okay, probably up through like middle school. As you should. And then I renounced that lifestyle. I said no more. My my feet will will not be encased in these little these little fabric <laughs> foot coffins all night anymore. Um, I think we can still be friends, Liv. Um, I think we can really model like civil disagreement um, in this case. Yeah, we're gonna have to. Um, but yeah, I I was just kind of shaken by that. I'm sure our audience, both humans and baby cows, can relate. Um, so this is more open ended. What what advice on writing do you have for the audience? Like either as an art form, as a discipline, just as a way to think. Like what. What advice, or like, is there just like part of your journey that you've seen through writing that you want the audience to know? I would say, first and foremost, write every day if it's something that like you're interested in, something that helps you. Mm. Um, obviously, it's not for everybody, but um, if you think it is for you, um, give it a go. Even if you don't think it's for you, still try it. Ah. Um, but yeah, just like find time to write every day, even if it's for like ten or fifteen minutes. Um, there's plenty of like guided journaling prompts online and things like that um that doesn't always help me personally just because sometimes at the prompt I'm like well I don't connect to that so it's not extremely helpful but um yeah they're for like 10 minutes every day um and then you'll eventually be able to like write for longer and um you'll like learn your style more um mm -hmm. I think that was the hardest part for me is figuring out like what my writing style was or like especially like what my poetic style was um, but once you figure it out, just embrace it and it's easy to like compare how you write with how other people write. And just because you like the way like other people write, like I have friends who write poetry and I love what they do. Um, but that doesn't mean like what I'm doing is any lesser. Yeah. So try not to compare, which easier said than done. And then, mm. yeah, just like take time out of your day to write something down, right? How you're feeling, write about, I don't know, like it can be anything, like an interaction with a friend, but yeah, just practice. Yeah. You mentioned um, just writing styles. What, what, what does that mean? I would say for poetry, I feel like it's a little bit hard to explain. A lot of my poems are in couplets, so like two mm -hmm. lines at a time. Um, sometimes 
I don't do that, but most often that's just like how the ideas come into my head is like in pairs. Um, but like I have a friend who like her poetry will just be all one paragraph. Um, and I think it's beautiful too. So, um, yeah, that's, that's more what I'm talking about. Okay, cool, cool. I, I feel like of the paragraph or the couplet, I would be a couplet poem guy okay. personally i don't i don't know yet i'm gonna have to write 10 minutes a day to, to figure that out though yeah. um i'm looking through my little question document here i asked the plant-based milk question i asked the socks question <laughs> you know the heavy hitters um i guess with poetry um are there are there questions that you want people to consider in in writing or like was there like a question maybe you considered in creating like this this poem about a pond and about healing did it come from an experience i i think questions can be really powerful both starting points either for conversation or creation um and also for reflection what you're talking about with writing mm -hmm. so do you think that there are maybe good questions to either ask ourselves that prompt us to write or to think i would say i actually have um a book i got for christmas yeah. um and it's like a guided journaling thing it's called healing through writing um which I love it. Um, and one of the things that I just did the other day in it, it was like write a letter to, and then it had a bunch of different um, like prompts. So one of them was like write a letter to someone who hurt you or write a letter to fear. Mm. Um, one was write a letter to your mom who's pregnant with you. Um, I did that one. Wow. And so just like different things like that. Um, on, sometimes letter writing is really helpful, yeah. even if you never even send it. Yeah. Um, because if you pretend like you're going to be telling somebody something, um, you can be very honest, but then you don't have to send it. Yeah. Um, yeah, I also just like to ask myself, like, I guess it's really basic, but like, how am I feeling right now? Because sometimes, um, especially I feel like in college when you're going out throughout your day and like everything's busy and you don't have time to be able to sit and like, this is how I'm feeling at the moment. Mm -hmm. Or like, this is how XYZ during my day affected me. And I need to like, think about that a little bit more. Um, so yeah, I'll just like ask myself, like, what am I feeling right now? And then I'll just like write that down. Yeah. Um, and sometimes it's not even like a poem. Sometimes it's just like word vomit on a page, but, um, it's better in my opinion than keeping it all inside. Wow. Okay. I love that. Um, I, I have not gone through writing, um, healing through writing. That sounds fantastic. Um, I was, um, I was at a hostel over the summer and we had this exercise we did one week um, and we had just like all non-Christian guests here. And one of our kind of meditation things to do was to write a letter to, to fear, hmm. to love and to death. Wow. Um, and so it was super interesting to kind of see people wrestle through that. I think that our worldview affects like a ton how we view, you know, these, these major things in our lives of fear, love and death. Um, so, listeners, you've you've got a homework assignment. It's from Lim. Don't blame me, okay? But maybe jot down a quick, you know, a paragraph, a couple of couplets uh, to fear and see what that, that brings up. I think that it makes it a lot more real when we write about it. And this has come from somebody who yeah, I don't really write. So I usually, like, talk it out and externally process. And everyone's like, shut up. And I'm like, sorry. So, that's why I'm a podcast host. So I can just it's, – it's way cheaper than therapy, guys. <laughs> uncomfortable after it's what we love um live any advice for the audience today this can be on anything one serious thing 
Um, even if you think, like, or if you're listening to this and you're like, yeah, writing tequila is silly, because um, mm-hmm. I don't know that I ever thought that, but there was, like, a little while where I was like, I don't need to write to heal anything. I'm just going to, like, write for fun. And then, like, the more I wrote, I was like, wow, I need to heal. Um, <laughs> so, like, even just from things that I, like, didn't think were a big deal. And, like, some mm-hmm. things aren't a big deal, but it's just like, oh, you know, that bothered me. And, like, let me write out how I feel about it. Okay. Like, I processed that. Mm-hmm. Great. You can move on. Um, not everything has to be extremely deep. Um, but... I would say, like, give it a try. If there's something that's bothering you or something that's happened to you that, like, you just can't get over, try writing it out. It it might help. Probably will. I don't know the statistics on that, but um, it should help. Um, one silly thing. Turn the heaters on in your room. It's really cold outside. Um, I have not had my heater on all year, and it gets cold in my room. Yeah. Yo, my roommate, like, turns the, like, cold on. He, like, sets the heater to the lowest temperature, turns it on, and it cracks a window. And I'm like, what is wrong with you? So I, I want to say that I affirm that in every possible way. Yeah. Just be careful because, like, it gets – I'll, like, leave for two minutes, come back, and it's a furnace. But turn it on for a little bit. Like, don't just sit in the cold because I do that, and it's just – it's dumb. I have a heater. Don't be dumb, guys. You yeah, don't be dumb. Yeah, <laughs> best advice you've heard all day. <laughs> <laughs> all right, Liv, any closing words, any parting remarks, anything anything else for the audience or for me or for Soon Min? Did I mention Liv, Liv made me coffee this morning, and it's it's so good. It's a Keurig K-cup. Oh, my gosh. Shout out to Keurig. Yeah, I think it's called Hawaiian Blend. Mm. I don't know what that means. It tastes just like it island. tastes like Hawaii Great. I'm so glad. It, oh, did you see what I wrote on the cup? You wrote on the cup, the real Rome Williams. That's my Instagram handle. So catch me over there, y'all. Thank you, Liv. Wow. <laughs> yeah. Um. Yeah, I don't really have anything. Thank you guys for having me. This was really fun. This has been fantastic. So in closing, you have been listening to the Pubcast, which is super awesome and cooler than Codon. Um, once again, my name is Ron Williams. My guest today has been Liv LaDuke. You've been listening to the podcast. And remember, don't drink cow's milk. What are you doing? <laughs>